everyone, this is Moog for the Cavern today. It's my treat to actually host a, a TCT talk, which I don't think I've done in the past. But we're looking forward to a good one tonight. We have some excellent stuff on our bullet list here. We have with us Alhan Tirathen. Hello. Also known as Eric. Patrick, known as Morris. Hi. And Janathus, known as something which I'm not going to repeat right now. Hello. Hi. Okay. Your parents really should have named you something other than a word that needs to be censored. Seriously. Well, they wanted him to be a good fighter, you see. <coughs> okay, first thing on the old bullet list on the wall tonight would be the new Cavern Today Forum. It's been completely Yay! redesigned. Yes, by one of our own, in fact. It was redone by Moose, also known as yeah. Blake. <laughs> well, yeah, with, we, with, we had... with a lot of contribution from yours truly, moi. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, very true. Say did Morris. a lot of the recoloring, redesigned the buttons, added the little logo to the spherical... You know, but it, I actually, it took a long time. It took me about two days to get all the things recolored. And, but no, it really I think it does look nice. You guys really did do a great job pulling this thing together, which yeah. uh, oh, wow. was much ne- much needed. <laughs> but there is a very specific reason why we moved to this forum in the first place. Um, Laziness. The reason, the reason we tried this uh, was because I had contracted Moose as a fellow admin to be one of the people keeping watch on the spammers trying to register on the forums. Right. And I told him, like, what I really want is I want a form where we can set a script that says that when you log in, when you create your registration, you have to answer a misrelated question to get past the registration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so these these are things that you can't look up. <laughs> and we, we went through a couple of revisions, things like adding quotes, you know, the ending shall never be underscore. And I said, you can't do that because someone can, can put that text into a search filter and they'll get the rest of it. Yeah. So I don't yeah. want I don't want verbatim. I want to be something that, that actually has to be almost a two plus two kind of uh, conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he came up with with a good little PHP script that that, that asks a bunch of different questions. And uh, this is something that was supported on this forum. And we needed to update the old form, but we didn't we weren't going to do it smoothly because it was a, a full point release further. As an example, uh, we were on two point something, and they're up to three point zero point six. Last I checked, that is a major difference in form software. And there's probably been you know twenty, thirty revisions in the middle there, uh-huh. which means that when we switched to the new one, we're, a lot of stuff was going to get broken in the process. <laughs> so, since we were going to do that anyway, <laughs> yes, we thought we'd go to the the free PHP. I forget what the exact name is, but the free PHP form. Yeah, very good. But. That broke a few things, too, still. I'm not sure how we're going to fix it or when we're going to fix it, but at this point, the website for the podcast is at thecaverntoday.com. The forum is at thecaverntoday.org slash forum. I saw so that up there, yeah. Yeah, if you bookmark thecaverntoday.com slash forum and you log in, it'll redirect to .org. Uh, so you might as well just bookmark the .org until we fix it. Okay. <laughs> And I know it's something which we should have fixed before we said, you know, we're done. But, you know, the dust settled when we realized that was there. And I'm like, it's working. Let's just leave it working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some of us tend so, to work on the premise of if it ain't broke, fix it till it is broke. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things we, we often run into in my tech support job. I'm like, you don't want to keep fixing till it's broke. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Just leave it alone. <laughs> 
Okay, so We've, the new forums well worth a look, and I recommend anybody out there who is interested in in catching up on the latest TCT news, what there is of it, to uh, take a look at our website, take a look at the forum, and uh, download some of the. And if anyone has if any like. problems, um, I'm on I'm on the uh, Mist Online Uru Live forums as Janathus as well, and I'm one of the admins, Mooses as well, if he's on there, mm-hmm. um, or if, any TCT staff you can get a hold of on there. Moag is a moderator there. Mm-hmm. If uh, you're having problems logging in, you need some help resolving it, contact any of us, and we'll get it fixed for you. Yep, and we won't even laugh at you much. Well, only a we, little We bit. might for a couple hours, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but we're easily amused. We'll be laughing with you, not at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's it. Okay. <laughs> Next on the list, we've kind of exhausted that item there. Let's talk about Obot, and that's O-H-B-O-T, who is one of the newest uh, denizens of the cavern. And um, I'm going to toss this over to one of you guys who knows a little more about the details. I have yet to actually meet Obot in cavern, but I've read quite a bit about him in the forum. Uh, so who's the authority here? I think Morris knows more about it than than Alhan because he was using Alhan as an example. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, see, even I don't know that much, but you know, I have actually um, experienced this, and here, here's 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 how uh, it works. It's a bot, and um, he's capable of doing many different things as bot. Who, you know, we call him he because O H B, which stands for orange haired boy. Uh, yes. So we call him he. And what happens is he's capable of many, 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 many different features, all of which are listed on the website, um, which I think you can probably just Google, just look for OHBot, and I'm pretty sure you can find it there. But there's also a post about it on the forums. Um, But I think the most significant feature of all the the things OHB is capable of is a translate feature. This is actually quite cool. It really is. Now, I, I know for certain, for instance, that we have, I think, a very strong German community. Mm-hmm. So, but so that would serve as a good example. What will happen is, you can point oh you can, uh, as long as you've had it added to your friends list, you, friends list, you can PM OHB uh, this bot, and mm-hmm. actually point them to to a certain username and say something like translate n into English. It'll post back to you every line that that user uses in the IM, but translate into English. It's a really cool feature. Really cool feature. It really is, because with the Uru fan base being, you know, basically global, <laughs> it's a nice way to be able to talk to folks who, you know, don't don't speak the Queen's English. The website is orangehairedboy.net. Yeah, there you go. And some stats that we have on our forums: uh, it went online uh, February twenty third, two thousand ten. Has spoken to over seven hundred people, and on average day, it has had about seven hundred interactions with sixty different people. Hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and if nothing else, it tells you that there actually is some participation on Uru these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's kind of as you're mentioning the, the the global community, and this is a bit of an aside. Um, I've been reading the Ender's Game book series lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good they, series. Yeah, they they keep talking about the uh, the use of the language common, which is like a a more rudimentary version of English, where they simplified certain things. Uh huh. And that's like everyone has to learn common. I thought it's kind of interesting, is it, as you said that, yeah. I, I don't know why that just suddenly jogged my memory about that. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about mentoring books in the talk at one point. <laughs> and at the time, I wasn't reading anything, so I was like, that sounds mm-hmm. like fun. Next. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, because we could have, you know, sound effects in the background, like a crackling fire, and, you know, you're oh. sitting in the corner there with a good book, and... Yeah. Hello. Well, actually, I've, I've stopped books. I've started uh, getting Kindle books on my iPhone. Oh, there you go. So, which you we'll talk about technology. that. Technology. 
<laughs> we'll talk about that later. But in any case, uh, go ahead. Moving to the next bullet point, we have the Simi OTF, the Cyan Fishing Scam. And we know we're a little late on the uh, pickup on this one, but the uh, back in March 23rd, uh, Cyan mentioned that there is a uh, a few folks who have received email regarding employment that seems to be related to Cyan. It is not related to Cyan in any way. So, if you happen to have gotten any of that, well, uh, you're not going to be working at Cyan. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <No. Aw>, shucks. <laughs> Speaking about what Cyan's expected. doing, Cyan has Mag- Magic Quest Online now open. I don't know anybody in this group would know anything about Magic Quest Online, so we'll just probably... Uh, hey, 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 I beg to differ there. Um... <laughs> I guess I'll uh, step back to the beginning a little bit for those who aren't familiar with the game. It's uh, currently Cyan's breadwinner. It was set up as a partnership between Cyan and Creative Kingdoms. And Creative Kingdoms, as you may or may not know, are the folks behind the um, Magic Quest live sites, which basically are kind of like live-action adventure games, essentially. Uh, They are based around a premise of magic, and you interact with these environments with a wand. It's an electronic wand that you purchase on site. It uh, stores your information as you proceed through the games, and you interact with the game itself through uh, video screens and things like that, just interactive exhibits and activities. They are basically quest-based, the live ones as well as Magic Quest Online, and that you have a particular task to achieve, and it's up to you to figure out the proper sequence of events and how to manipulate everything at your command to meet those goals. One of the cool things is that if I go to, like, the uh, the Magic Quest site up in Minneapolis, for example, and I complete a quest there, all of of my progress in the game and all the runes I've won and all the titles, the experience points, all the gold I've gathered and things like that, all those numbers are stored in a database at Magic Quest Central. And if I go to any other Magic Quest location in the U.S., I will start off with all my experience intact. And I only say this because the Magic Quest Online game, which is is intended as an extension of the live sites, stores your game progress into the same database. Uh, so that means if you complete the quest in the online version, it basically sets you up for like the Silver Dragon quest, which you can't play online. But if you go to one of the live sites, you can because you've got the requisite experience points and things like that set up for you to take that new quest at the live sites. Uh, so Magic Quest Online is an extension of the live sites, as mentioned. I'd highly recommend you look at their website. It's really pretty cool. I've played through the live version and really enjoyed it quite a bit. There's a lot of that old Cyan magic in there. Wait a minute, you, you played through it lately, or...? Yes, uh-huh. It's live, and you can get to it. Uh, simply go to magicquestonline.com, I think. So, so j- j- just so I'm understanding this correctly, um, y- you might call this a uh, online quest with magic or a magic quest online if you will that (laughs) might just be one of the worst puns i've heard today and when you hear about my day that's saying something yeah and on the magicquest.com website there is a button there for mq online which when clicked takes you to the page for that you can purchase chapter one now and i believe it's 9.95 okay it's 9.99 but that will let you uh, play through the first chapter of magic quest online when you get into Magic Quest Online, you'll notice that it's similar to it's quite similar to Mist Online, but you have a wand and kind of and kind of a holster deal on your belt, and with that wand you interact with everything in the game essentially. Whereas with um, with Uru, you would use your hands, you know, to click switches, to turn things, to push doors, etc. 
at the beginning here, it's kind of hard to get too lost because there are, as is the case with the brick-and-mortar magic quest, you get a book of wisdom, uh, so-called, which is available in your inventory at the bottom of the screen. And it will provide a transcription of all the all the monologues you hear from the live-action characters. So is it kind of like the, uh, I guess, the uh, the transcription journal from Myst 5 in that kind of aspect where you, you uh, go... Quite similar, yes, because uh, everything the non-player characters say shows up in the journal, but only after they actually speak the monologue to oh, you. Yeah. So I've got to say the acting is actually pretty cool. It's, as far as gameplay goes, some parts of it are quite Myst-like. Others obviously are somewhat different and borrow from the, you know, the Magic Quest Live sites. It's up to you, even though you get prompts uh, through the Book of Wisdom and uh, through the interface at the top of the screen, which is also something that you will not see in Mist or Uro, I'm sorry. It's almost like a walkthrough in a way, but it should be remembered that this is, is actually kind of a family activity, as are the live sites, and that people of all ages will be playing this, you know, from kids all the way up to up to their parents. We hope. Yes, Exactly. Uh, the trailer that came out that has all those features in there, have, has all that come to bear, or is that all still in the future? It's all pretty much as you see in the trailer. I mean, like, did you see the big rock guy? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, that is the golem. It really is very creative, and the realms themselves are quite well done, and I think very much up there with the best of the Uru ages, at least. It's a combination of, of a Cyan's work with the virtual worlds, of the live acting that was all uh, put together, I presume, by Creative Kingdoms, as well as some CGI stuff like animated sequences where you're battling the Golem, for example. Well, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like with, uh, you know, Cyan actually, instead of being the creative force behind it, just being the the uh, developer mm-hmm. answering the creative forces wish to be see developed. Uh-huh. I think there's another parallel with Uru here in that it, it's designed to be presented in a series of chapters that will continue uh, to be delivered as time goes by, which, of course, was the idea with Uru. Uh, Chapter 1 is what's currently available now. There is a free trial that you can download and play, which I think shows you the initial realm or something like that. But $9.99 is not a huge expense. $9.99 per what? uh, Per chapter. Oh, okay. So it's like episodic, sort of. Exactly right, yeah, it's episodic. But well, here, very, hoping that this this episodic layout is better than what Uru ended well, up being. Well, yeah, but episodic, and it it, it it seems to be treating it like DLC, and that like you pay for each DLC. Uh, am I right in assuming that? What's DLC? Sorry. Uh, download. Yeah, Moog isn't like, familiar. Like like when <laughs> when you have an online game and you and you buy an expansion pack for it as they come out, you know, downloadable. Oh, content. that's basically it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so there's there's a base game, and then you keep buying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And like how much chapter base download? Game? Well, it's not ninety nine. Uh, chapter one basically is a self contained game, mm-hmm. and to tell you the truth, I don't know if subsequent chapters will simply give you the data to play through the original engine. I presume they will. Anyway, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope they really get some involvement here because Cyan really, really did some excellent work. And the music's fun. I understand that um, Cyan's resident composer Tim Larkin. Larkin. Yes, yeah, so Tim Larkin did indeed contribute music for this. Well, he's mostly working freelance now, right? I believe he is, yeah. yeah. He's, he's put his stamp on a lot of different projects. Well, moving forward here. Righto. My uh, latest latest uh, obsession in video gaming is the latestly released Splinter Cell Conviction game. Is this the one with the bunny rabbits and you... Oh. Nah, no, no, no bunny rabbits. I was thinking uh, of something else, I guess. Yeah, yeah the, in Splinter Cell Conviction, um, 
it's the fourth, fourth, fifth Splinter Cell game. Uh-huh. We like to pretend the fourth game doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a different take on the stealth genre. It's uh, more, it's definitely has the puzzle factor with it. The only downside I would say there is to it is that there's no option to stealth your way through a level and never bother anybody like the previous games had. Like you, you could literally, if you found a way, you could get through a level without anybody noticing you were there and just do what you need to do with your objectives. Take a picture of this, open some safe, whatever. This one, you are pretty much required to, you know, bring the body count of living beings to zero. That's <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I don't mind that so much um, because there's a lot of fun strategy things you can employ. But it's interesting. the uh, They have these levels called Denied Ops, and they have DLC for that as well. And what they are is essentially much more like what the original Splinter Cell is, whereas the, the game's story has, like, twists and turns and, oh, I successfully cleared this level. I did so good. And boom, the door busts open. And look, you've been discovered. You know, it doesn't <laughs> matter how stealthy you were. We found you. You just thought you, know. you were finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then the, the denied ops, you know, you have – it's a very uh, controlled environment, but there's lots of fun things like uh, – grabbing one of the characters and taking him through the lasers because he has some kind of a beacon in his suit that disables them, so it makes it easy to get through there. Oh. Or next time you can just forget about that and throw him over the ledge and then try to do the acrobatics to get to the lasers, you know. So there's a lot of little different twists and turns, and my favorite one is actually get, getting to, on a leisurely pace, go through third echelon, which is a level in the game that I really enjoyed doing. It has a lot of... Uh, seems like it has a lot of influence from, say, the Bourne Identity movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas they have this this way of taking down up to four enemies really fast. You, you mark all four, and as soon as you have them all within your sights, you trigger the quick time event, as it were, and he brings them all down. You know, bang, 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 done. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, I've learned that you can do little tricks with that. Like, what if there's five guys? Well, what you do... As you get near the one guy and you mark everybody else, you pop over, take him down, then trigger the quick time event. Hopefully everyone's still in range and they all drop. Mm-hmm. And so you, you kind of have this uh, – if you've ever seen the Bourne at any movies where there's that, that point after he just took down everyone around him, you're like, ah, you know, that's kind of what that, that scene is like in the game. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying it. It's one of the, the many games I've been playing on my uh, systems lately. Mm-hmm. I think our next point here is going to be for Maris. So with Steam on Mac now, Valve has been having these ridiculous sales on uh, most of the items in the orange box. Everybody, of course, knows, for example, Portal, which was free for, I think, two weeks, was it? I think. Mm -hmm. That's Um, when I got it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But um, when that happened, I mean, everybody was talking about it. And, uh, you know, I I kept hearing it get mentioned on the Internet and... um, other people and um, I'm looking at Google Trends right now and I'm trying to see if there was a spike and yes I'm looking at it now there's the spike in October 2007 which is when it came out and then there's Mm -hmm. this and then there's it it actually increases but there's a noticeable spike when it went when it became free uh, this year Uh, I think it was May 2010 right yeah here it is So, yep. um, so you can look on Google Trends, see that for yourself. It's 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 actually smaller than I thought it would be, but I mean, the the point is, it definitely got very popular, and um, you know, they had their portal 
uh, sale free. Um, that mm-hmm. one that was really successful, obviously, and I'll talk about my experience with that later. Um, you know, they also did um, Half Life Two, and um, they're working on Team Fortress Two, um, mm-hmm. which I <laughs> bet is probably going to go on sale. Wednesday, but I'm crossing my fingers about that. I don't know, but I know they want to put that on Mac. So Wednesday when? Well, th- this week. I'm just saying that because the releases have generally been two weeks apart. So this is my estimate, but I don't. This I, week, uh, when the podcast is released on the 14th. Ah. Uh, I tried to drop a hint, and you I, didn't take it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. Hopefully, at the time of this recording, is going to be released Wednesday. I don't know. That that doesn't sound current. Um. Okay, so just forget I talked about Team Fortress 2 then. But the point is, mm-hmm. between you guys, I'm hoping it goes on sale. Because Hopefully, if by the time this recording reaches our audience, it's been on sale or will be on sale soon. Fine, fine. And if it's not, then I'll be crying. Because, no, you I have, have an audience? A- cool. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, okay, I have sorry. the camera. When, when they put the entire orange box on sale, I said, yeah, I should do that. Even though I... I just like... I liked installing Steam and watching all my Mac versions of the games pop up of games I already owned. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. E- e- even though I already had Portal, I felt like it was worth it because the um, orange box is on sale. And even if I took the price of the orange box sale, cut that in half, it would it would still be less than the value of those two games minus Portal. So it was like I was getting a deal on the two games. So I said, yeah, why not? So, yeah. but I'm wait- I'm waiting for my friend to grab because I promised him we would start together. So. <laughs> So what do you think of um, the idea of, of Valve moving their stuff to the Mac? Do you think it's uh, well-timed? Do you mean maybe too little too late? Is this a good move? See, what are I, your thoughts? See, I don't really care because um, I have the Windows partition on my computer for a reason. And um, mm-hmm. it's been tested, and I've actually tested this myself too. And there is a pretty significant performance drop on the Mac versions. So, you know, I'm just really taking advantage of the Mac releases for the sales. <laughs> you know, but... Um, you know, the fact is, because of these Mac versions coming out, you know, there's going to be a much greater audience for um, for the games on Steam, and they'll be able to get it out to lots of other people. And um, really, Steam is a really uh, wonderful example of online distribution done right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just yeah. so there's so many things done right, and then you know you have the. Uh, way it keeps you informed of what your friends are doing, you and you know, mm-hmm. it, which which of course makes playing online with people what may way easier, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very smooth. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a Steam evangelist. I mean, I, I will rebuy games on Steam just to have it in there, so I can because I'm, that way all I have to do in order to like uh, back up and restore my games is just back up and restore my Steam folder, and yeah. they're all back. Mm-hmm. And they have a little backup thing that the thing runs in there, and it takes like forever and a day, so it's almost pointless to even do it. Once I heard you could just back up the folder and put it back, I've done that a couple of times, and it's and it's smooth sailing. It is absolutely no problem at all to do it that way. I, really I don't know if that's I should do that. I don't know if that's the way that um, the Apple version of Steam works. I haven't actually dug into it to see if it's actually contained in there, actually spe- the specific location where the application is at. I'll have to test that. But I, had, I wanted to talk about what you said before about the uh, the performance of the games being lower in Mac. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're you're using a Mac, but you're using the Mac in Windows and using the games on the Mac partition, so that like you're trying it on the same exact hardware. Exactly so the same have- hardware. Um, 
And I mean, this. I mean, that's probably not so much an issue on. Well, it's not so much a question. It's what I'm. What I'm actually saying. I, I have a statement on that uh-huh. front, and this is an experience I have because I've actually been swimming in the inside Mac Games forums for a very long time, and there's just this strange perception, and and maybe there's this weird crossover because a large uh, contingent in that forum are PS3 owners, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that I've always noticed about the console games. And this has a point, so let me go with this. Uh, <laughs> okay. that they tend they tend to not be V-synced, and what yes. what the uh, Xbox 360 tends to do is it does a uh, um, not a, not a V-sync per se, but a frame frame sync, mm-hmm. which will result in V a lack of V-sync tearing, but it's less frequent. Whereas it's absolutely reliable on the PlayStation 3 games that don't have V-sync forced. Um, this is where I come to these these people who play these Mac games, and as an example, they were playing Bioshock, and um, I think at the time they were talking about it on a Windows partition, but the, the, the expectation of how it should look and how it should run seems so subpar to my opinion of how games should run on systems. Like they were saying, like, 18 to 24 frames per second is perfectly playable so long as V-Sync is off. Hmm. It's like yes, but if you're anywhere where there's a flickering light, the V-Sync being off is terrible. It just it just shreds the screen with with tearing, and it's those little things that to me like I don't even I I want my system to be set up such that I don't have to change that kind of setting. Like I, I set it once, and then I don't have to worry about it, and everything else just is smooth playing. I can forget about all that and just immerse in the game. Mm-hmm. And I just that's one of the things I've noticed with the Mac community is that they have somewhat of a of a lower expectation, but then if you put that expectation, juxtapose it with what consoles tend to get, mm-hmm. it actually kind of fits into the picture. So in my opinion, and, and this, this is of course just my opinion, we have games as they are on the Mac, which I would equate to being similar to the experience of consoles, but I would still put all of that below the experience of being on a PC. And that that's my whole point with all that. Okay. <laughs> so... Let's move on to the uh, the E3. Yes, E3. Uh, E3. Hey, checking out for by, E3. By the, by the point we get this podcast out, E3 will be underway, and so the answer to our questions will have already been... Uh, Aha! See? 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 So don't yell at me when I do the little time paradox thing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got the time paradox right, because I know when it's coming, but anyway, I... I'll have this little piece of paper that, you know, could be completely fabricated, but, you know, gives me hope. And so I'm going to religiously believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, that somebody had an image on the web, on a website with uh, things that were going to be announced at E3. Mm-hmm. And people are mentioning that the uh, Portal 2 and Half-Life 2 Episode 3 are supposedly canceled. But the point is they were canceled, which means they were originally scheduled, which means the age of this paper still lends some credence to its being mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. Uh, the important thing, you know, among all other things, is that there's one game in that list, Beyond Good and Evil 2, that has been purported to be not in development, and it's in development, and Ansel is leaving Ubisoft, and no, he's not leaving Ubisoft, and <laughs> they put it to the back burner, and no, they're definitely still developing it, so the fact that that's on that list has me, you know, fingers crossed, hoping that we're going to get some news at E3. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping we hear something, but... Maybe I've just grown cynical at this point, but I've been burned the last three straight E3s ever since that. Oh uh, the trailer and the gameplay footage are only two known exist are no, two proofs that this game actually exists came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, after uh, after this E3, if there's no news, then I, I am throwing in the towel and, and on the hope on this. That's, yeah. that's the end. <laughs> We've been strung along even further with uh, with uh, Uru though. 
with oh mules. So, yeah, that's <laughs> <excellent>. true. <laughs> it's coming someday. <laughs> and the, and Ubisoft insists the company insists it's still under development, even after you know support you know purported news is that they uh, it was on the back burner. It wasn't even in development yet. You know, I it was think just it's falling behind the stove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I any any other that. E3 hopes? Well, speaking of games oh. that are supposedly uh, under development for inordinate long- lengths of time, I'm still hoping for either an announcement of Half-Life Episode 3 or a full Half-Life 3 sequel. And uh, it's been three years since the ridiculous cut-off cliffhanger ending of Episode 2, which left everyone who wants to play it <laughs> screaming at their computer screens. So uh, I, I can now, really use some plot resolution. What do, you think, what do you think will happen? Will it be a whole new engine? Will it be... A slightly upgraded version of the of the Source engine. I mean, what do you think would happen if they did do a full Half Life Three? If they do a I, full Half Life Three, I think we should look at either a S- Source point five, like a major overhaul to Source, or it'll be a full engine because Valve has they really do like uh, using the Half Life franchise to at their flagship basically to uh, announce new engines. And as mm-hmm. pretty as, I mean, Source is a great engine, and if you look at Left 4 Dead Two. The way they've been able to scale it up to modern systems is remarkable. So I want I'm really not expecting a full, I guess a full blown, you know, I guess I'd call it Source Three engine because technically Source is the second iteration. But um, have you played the uh, Half Life Two since the graphical upgrade? I have not. In fact, I, I actually pulled out and did the first mission or so, but I didn't really notice anything. So I'm still uh, actually I did. I noticed it quite a, quite a bit. The places where there's water is is are drastically upgraded. Okay, I, uh, I haven't got cert, that. Far. Certain things that were no not, nowhere near reflective are now reflective now. Okay. And I I know what was and was not. I played through the game several times with a card that could do it from day one. I I got to interject uh, here because I was thinking about this too, and I'm hoping that when they say that they're not going to announce Portal Two, well, not going to give more information that they're lying because I really would like to see more information about Portal Two. Now, well, okay, you got to so remember. The email that says that they canceled the Portal 2 launch event was more, you could tell, was more or less written by GLaDOS, who, of course, is a habitual liar. So, yes, it that, <laughs> that and, I mean, even even if it wasn't intended to be written by GLaDOS, it still seems like a joke. So, yeah. Oh, it um, was a joke, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So what I, what, what I have to, actually, that could be that could be their way of saying there is going to be one, now that I think about it. Well, um, Portal 12 so, has been confirmed, so you won't well, need to exactly, worry about that. It is coming out in fall. Event, so. Rather, mm-hmm. because I'd really yeah. like to understand. But no, because I was thinking about the game, Portal 2, and I'm thinking, they're not just going to use the Source engine again, are they? I mean, so what, what I'm what I'm kind of hoping is that for, I mean, Portal 2 and for Half-Life 3, which I hope is Half-Life 3, I guess, because I think that would be cool. Um <laughs> The source engine is really old now, and yeah, I mean you can you can keep updating it how much however however much you like, but like, I, it's time for an upgrade. I think like it's really time they either did a substantial change to the source engine or created a new version of the source engine entirely because it's old now. I mean it's a great engine. It really I is. It, it's it what mm-hmm. six really seven is. years old now. But it is, I mean it is six or seven years old. So I mean. Yeah, you know, I just remember that it had some very random performance spikes in the earlier versions when I had a GeForce 6 series, mm-hmm. you know, the, the 6800 GTs that I had at the time, and I remember that that was kind of frustrating because um, I think what really eliminated that issue was having the in- advent of like dual core processors and also um, Windows Vista and Windows 7 that actually take advantage of those more more accurately because um, I think the problem was Steam. Steam was was having some communication 
while the game is running. Mm-hmm. And that minor hiccup would cause problems with single core processors. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I haven't noticed any kind of hiccup today. But th- I have to say, as I'm playing the game, you know, I'm used to games that have like you know worlds that I can roam from from one end to the other without any kind of a load screen. And then you know I go through this area and then I hit a door and oh, loading, mm-hmm. loading, loading. Okay, now you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? <laughs> I, I I like the way it handles it realistically though. That was the first thing I noticed about like because I mean in other games you go through a door and the screen blacks out and then you have a loading screen, but instead it just stops what you're doing, says loading, and then resumes from where you were. It's much more realistic, and it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also keeps your position from where you were relative to the new map, which I really like, because it looks oh. like there was no change. It's hard. It's it, like you just kept it's going. It's trickier than it sounds to pull something like that off, but they do it, yeah, they exactly. do it flawlessly, too. I mean, well, it literally will look like you didn't move. That's the that's my favorite bit, because the image when you're downloading will be the same image that is on the screen when you started loading. And they yeah. just sort of I've, mapped it perfectly, so... A game I'm playing lately, um, I'll, I'll mention the name when we talk about what we're playing, but uh, has load screens. It's it's also on the consoles as well as the PC. And it's obvious that the load screen is designed for the consoles to keep you entertained because you're going to be watching the screen for a while. <laughs> Whereas on the PC, like, your little circle zooms in. Oh, it's done loading. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one like, last, which I, uh, one last mm-hmm. comment I have when it comes to Valve's uh, presentations in their booth is that if the special surprise, whatever they're doing, instead of Portal 2, which may in fact be a lie, but who knows, if it involves another like Left 4 Dead, if it involves another Left 4 Dead game, I think that they might have a riot on their hands because <laughs> people are still seething over Left 4 Dead 2. And even though it's a fun game, and I'll admit I drank the Kool Aid and ended up buying it about five or six months after it came out, but uh, yeah, people don't want another Left 4 Dead. We want Half Life and we want Portal and. We want it now. I just watched Zombieland. For some reason, I've been having mm-hmm. some hunger oh, for some for some Left 4 Dead. I don't know why. Actually, me, uh, me and my brother have decided that if they do uh, an actual Left 4 Dead three, it ba- they mm-hmm. basically just need to take the plot, entire plot of Zombieland, plug it in, let you play as those four characters, and it'd be an instant hit. Only if they let me have my Twinkies. <laughs> so before before we, uh, I think we're almost done with the E three, right? Can I make I one hope. more comment about E three? Just one, just tiny one right so e3 um for years like a couple years ago e3 used to be so big so exciting and mm-hmm. like i remember distinctly for the last two years e3 has been incredibly disappointing for both because at the time i've you know, was mostly a uh nintendo fanboy which i'm not as much anymore because i'm just so- sorely disappointed in everything that they've done for the past two years they just <laughs> haven't made any progress at all and i'm just so disappointed in them um so i'm hoping that this year at e3 there are some really big because e3 used to be it used to be so exciting and everybody would be mm-hmm. like do you hear about e3 oh my you know and it, it stopped happening. Like, partially yeah. cut back part part of that is because of the cutback about i think that's four years ago now maybe um where E3 was just so huge that nobody could control it anymore, so they limited it to just press. You had to get oh. very special badges to get in. They cut back on mm. the booth babes and all the kind of gaudy stuff that had been going on. And E3 is still kind of recovering from it. I thought it's actually been better the last year or two, and this year should be good. And speaking of Nintendo stuff, Nintendo has already confirmed that they will be talking about these new Zelda game. Oh, and, thank God. And oh. the news... And they had confirmed earlier, although being as early, this was last year sometime when I heard this, so uh, take it with about 30 mountains of salt, 
But they did say <laughs> the next Zelda Wii game would be coming out this uh, by this Christmas. Yeah, I heard about we'll get, that. We'll get some more information on this that. at E3. Whether well, obviously, by the time this episode goes to air, we'll probably know more about that. But exactly. also, don't so forget, I'm, I'm we have, we my have fingers the Metroid about that. game. We also have the <laughs> Metroid game coming out by the end of the summer from Team Ninja, who did Ninja Gaiden. So it's obvious that the major franchises for Nintendo, the big three franchises, are getting represented, and they are um, they are making progress on it. You've got Mario Galaxy 2, Metroid Other M, and Zelda, whatever the new one's going to be called. So, actually, I was gonna I was gonna make a point about that because I really think I mean Mario Galaxy 2, you know, was obviously has been very successful, but it didn't really mm-hmm. have a point for existing because Mario Galaxy 1 was already really successful. So, yeah. um, but and it was still a great game, which totally surprised me because I thought it'd be a load of crap between you and me but i'm <laughs> glad it wasn't i'm glad it's doing well but you know I, I feel like yeah we've already seen this so let's let's see what you can do to rejuvenize the other franchise and that's why i'm really really looking forward to this new metroid game because yeah there was metroid prime 3 but this is completely different this is yeah. a completely new direction and i'm really interested in seeing where they can go so yeah i'm i don't know if i'll buy it but i'm definitely going to be following other m very closely because that seems cool i thought that was cool when i first heard about it two years ago was it last year? It was last year's E3 okay. when they had the surprise reveal trailer. Mm. Anyway, so what are the chances that we're going to get uh, information about Kingdom Hearts three? Slim to none. They're going <laughs> to milk the spinoffs, and they're going to—they're uh, just basically going to milk the spinoffs for at least another year. And K- Kingdom Hearts three will mark the the death of the franchise. It'll be a great game; everyone will buy it, but it's going to kind of wrap up the story, and anything they release after will be met in comparison. Of course. Where else, you know, can I, they, where, where else can they go? It's already been wrapped up for the most part. It kind of has, and that's the problem. And obviously, try not to be too spoily for people who haven't played it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't actually. Played well, I'm it. not. I haven't even played it. I'm just saying, as as much as I know of it, is that it's more or less been wrapped up within the duology. Although, same could be said about Mist and Riven, and yeah, they kept making games. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think Kingdom Hearts three, if and when they actually release it, is going to mark kind of the end of the big Disney Square Enix partnership. And the other thing we're kind of missing in all of this is that Disney is making their own new franchise called Epic Mickey, which will be coming out on the Wii and looks downright amazing. Really? And really, And it's really coming out. Uh, it really seems to have hints of being the anti-Kingdom Hearts. It's an action-based game starring a 30-style Mickey versus all wow. of the Disney characters from before Mickey got popular. Like the main boss cool. of the game is Walt Disney's first character who was actually a jackrabbit character very similar to bugs bunny and he's the main villain so it's really the i think it's actually kind of going i think this game is going to mark the end of kingdom hearts simply because disney's realized okay we have this kingdom hearts franchise it's success a successful formula we can take that formula put our own spin on it and go with it and who was it warren specter is working on it i think uh yes i see that that right here yeah yeah so, I mean, he, there is some muscle behind this, and it's been surprisingly, I guess, under the radar. I'm hoping we hear a little bit more about this at E3, but mm. I think... I, I would like to hear more about it, too, but, you know... Yeah, the visuals are very cool. Yeah, if, it, if it's yeah. we only, I, I'll just yeah. have to you know, hey. look from a distance. Mm. Oh, see, I still get offended by comments like that now. <laughs> I, I really need to get over that. I, it, there's I'm, just, I'm, tr- there's I'm just... trying to migrate to the Xbox... So. But there's just, I mean, it's I don't I don't care if people like the Wii. I just I just don't see. There's nothing on the Wii that, that draws me. Actually, and, that was uh, that was something one of my friends mentioned. I should bring this up. Um, one of my friends, I I agree with this. Says that he's hoping he's crossing his fingers that there's going to be an announcement 
of an HD mm-hmm. version of the Wii. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be cool. I don't know if that's that going to happen. That would have to be a hardware rev. Yeah. Um, Nintendo's going to have a, already going to have a big announcement with um, more details on uh, on the 3DS, the new 3D uh, handheld. Oh, that's going to be so, so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry. But. Well, the 3D is optional, of course. Um, that, that was announced uh-huh. uh, earlier. So it's not going to be, you know, every game has to be 3D. And it's also going to be glasses-less from what we've heard so far. Yeah. Right. Really? I, Anyone else tired of 3D? Yeah. But I think I that's, that's going to kind of wrap up Nintendo's major hardware announcements. Because mm-hmm. I don't see them pulling a Wii HD yet. I'm going to say wait till next year, and instead of doing a revision to the line, they're going to announce a full-blown sequel console by next year. That's just my prediction. Oh, and in other words, for people who didn't know, the Black Wii is finally out. I was wondering when that would happen. Just so It is mm-hmm. out, and it looks pretty. Really, that's, 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 that's the one that I wanted to get when it first came out. And then, of course, no, because I released Colors in Japan, but we're not good enough. So... The bundle, um, I was in Best Buy this past week, uh, computer shopping actually, and the bundle mm-hmm. that came out is actually very attractive rate. For the $200 base you get, um, you get a single Wii Remote, the Nunchuck, you get Wii Sports just like the original package, you also get Wii Sports Resort and a Motion Plus uh, uh, connector. So mm-hmm. it, they've kind of sweetened the pot a little bit with the new Wiis with the colors and with the extra game and attachments. So It really does look Beautiful. Seeing the the blue disc drive glow out blue amongst the the sleek black, uh, it's just really, it's just so cool looking. Yeah. Not that I'll buy it, but you know, it really is cool looking. <laughs> they should have done that before. <laughs> yeah, I told my sister she couldn't get a Wii until they went black. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they, also, they black, also have the back. Yeah, right. it's just it. Well, it just doesn't work right in in you know most TVs, entertainment centers. It's all black or silver or something. So like, it doesn't make sense that it was white in yeah. my opinion. Um, they do also so. have the new black Xbox. That was only a little while before they did the black. Anyway, I'm sorry, yeah. being off topic. We should move. Well, the Xbox was actually charcoal. It's actually quite black, unfortunately, because I've seen them. But anyway, yes, we do need to move forward to, to the section of what are you playing? I'm currently playing Portal. I was. Uh... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, what? I want you to hear and now admit that you finally tried Portal after years of our behest, and you have found it to be quite enjoyable, as we told you you would. Well, yeah, okay, I'll back up a little bit. These guys <laughs> spent a lot of time and effort kind of nudging at me to play Portal. Said, you'll love it. You know, try it. You'll like it. Hold out. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't actually until Steam offered it free uh, just a couple of weeks ago or so that I finally said, oh, okay, I'll get these guys off my back. And uh, I really do enjoy it a lot. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy games where I can play at my own pace and uh, can concoct strategies and uh, try to put them into motion. And it reminds me of one of the Lego games I played some time back, and I'm trying to remember what it was called now. But it was one where you had to um, to manipulate various mechanical elements and uh, set them up in such a way that you could go across barriers uh, could get to oh. the other side of the chamber to open a door. Uh, that was uh, uh, Lego Alpha Team, actually. Yes, it was. Yes, I've got that one. And uh, when I first started into Portal, that's one of the first things I thought of, because you are trying to open open doors to move on to the next test chamber. And um, it's kind of up to you to figure out the correct strategies to do that. I was very impressed with how Portal is uh, set up so that you get deeper into it progressively. Um, and that the first few test chambers are rather simple. I've, I've played as far as Test Chamber 15, 
and I'm really stymied there for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd probably have to solve it if it wasn't for after if it wasn't for having to you know talk to you guys for podcasts and things like that. But I'm just really enjoying Portal a lot, and I'm looking forward to getting past this particular chamber so I can move on to the rest of it. For, yeah. for those of you who are kind of more game uh, design and kind of more programming oriented, the developer's commentary for Portal is really brilliant. Um, they give mm-hmm. you a lot of insights into why they did specific things, into things that weren't quite working, so they cut them, how they decided mm-hmm. to kind of teach you through uh, through the different mechanics of the game. It is really, mm-hmm. um, once you finish the game, uh, Moog, it's really worth yeah. playing again from the beginning and yeah. going to yeah. all the commentary notes and just <coughs> seeing their their thoughts on, on the on the story, the design, all of that. I and the voice that. of GLaDOS. Yeah, well, and I mean, that and, that, and, uh-huh. that and the achievements. But yeah, well, actually, you yeah. can't get achievements while you're doing commentary, but, but yeah. that's irrelevant. But, and, mm-hmm. and, if, and if you don't care about how they made the game, then it's at least amusing to hear the various levels of enthusiasm the employees oh, sure, have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we're like, well, we did this game. I'm like, well, we did this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, always, I thought that was amusing. That's just me. Well, I enjoyed the I learning like, process. Yeah, I enjoyed the learning process as I was getting into Portal for the first time, and um, I had a few of the proverbial "aha" moments or the laugh out loud mm-hmm. moments when I try something and it worked. And ah, very cool! I'm figuring this out. You know, the old dog is learning new tricks, and this is very, very cool. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I'm anxious to get past this one particular chamber and get back into the <laughs> into the unfamiliar stuff. Yeah, I love the process that that, that the uh, the voice of Glados describes how they they achieved the sound that she she did, and uh, mm-hmm. you you hear. Um, I don't think it's being too spoilery to say that she she is, she is an opera singer, mm-hmm. and you can hear you can hear it in her voice. She has a silvery voice. Yes. Just I thought that was an enjoyable part, and I was like, you know, I wish there would be like a whole interview with this woman. I, I just want to listen to her talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she, you know, her voice reminds me of the a little bit like Sherry. They, they, they talk the same way, I've noticed. Because in the commentary, you you have her talk, and she sort of has the same sort of, well, you know, the sort of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, who's next? Morris, what are you yeah, playing lately? Yeah. Um, sim- similar story, actually. Um, you know, I'd heard about the game, and it was... I really wanted to play it for about three years, actually. You know, when it first came out, three or four years, and you know, it being we don't free, want to jump right into these things. I mean, <laughs> it being free and downloadable, you know, offered this really perfect uh, opportunity for me to do so. So, me and my friends, we all downloaded a copy of the game, and uh, I mean, I was kind of amazed at how much I did like it. Actually, um, mm-hmm. I was not expecting this to happen, but it, bizarrely enough, it really took me back to. The original days of old Mist, like the Mist One, back when I was like nine or something. It not so, not even Riven XL. No, I'm just, I mean the original Mist. It, for some reason, it just captured that sort of. What am I doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Yes. Oh, I have to do yes. This. For some reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's the isolation too. Maybe that has something mm-hmm. to do with it. But it really like straight like it struck me. Like I felt pain. What game are you talking about? Portal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it really it was straight, just like pangs of like emotion and memory back from when I and it was yeah, I yeah. expect that to happen at all. But I really, really, really love the game and it was actually a great time because I'm very much excited about Portal Two, which got announced at roughly the same time that the deal started happening. And yeah. uh, it nope. just it I've seen some of the concept art, it looks really cool and I'm really One of the things I've learned about these kind of situations is whenever you're dealing with, you know, games where you want a sequel 
mm-hmm. the best thing for you to do is to find something else to play mm-hmm. <laughs> because that wait is too painful. You just might as well just just change gears and find something else to play. Mm-hmm. But to be, but to be frank, it's um it seems a li- like I'm I fully expect the sequel to actually be really good, and I'll tell you why because uh, we've seen something similar from experience. Um, take a look back. The original Mist, you know, done by just two guys, Rand and Robin, and you know, mm-hmm. a couple, couple of their friends, you know, banding together and making this game. Mm-hmm. And it was really just sort of a test bed for them. They were just, you know, a couple guys trying out this thing. And when that was hugely popular, then they said, "Oh, let's make a real game with like a yeah. real team of people." And then you know, Riven came out, and it's <laughs> if, if you if 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 everybody here hasn't gone back and replayed Riven recently, go do it because it's amazing how well it holds up. It's honestly, it's there's nothing quite like Riven. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. isn't. It's 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 fantastic. And now um, you can get it for, from good old games. Yeah, you, exactly. You can yeah. run it even on Windows Seven. But it yes. really, you know, for something that is ten plus years old, it is just it really holds up well. It really does. Yeah. Um, so, but that's but that's the what's happening with Portal Two. They they only released Portal One because it was kind of like, oh uh, yeah, let's you know this is sort of a test bed. And actually, mm-hmm. the uh, developers have gone on on quote and have said Portal One was a test bed. Portal Two is a game. Like they're actually going to take the concept they did with Portal and put it into like a full length, very large you know large immersive game. And that's I, why I think it's going to be really good because now they really now I'm looking it. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I sense tears on the horizon. Possibly, <laughs> possibly. I'm just only only because Mist and Riven works. It seems like Portal Two would work. I don't. I'm just I'm just you know. thinking you know because of one of the things they said during the development uh, to be spoily, but I'm not spoiling anything because you're not going to see this in the game. Is that they had the the environments were well rendered, you know, high polygon, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very complex scenery. Whereas the game ultimately isn't like that for the most part. They said that they didn't do that because it was confusing players, and they wanted to get th- get at the point of the training center. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I bet you, you know, when they finally bring all that to bear in the game, we're going to have problems like that where things are not going to be as obvious, and we're going to be running around going, "How the freaking frack do you solve this?" <laughs> you know thing? what? You know what? We've 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 all played the missed games though, so that's not going to be a problem for us. Shut up. <laughs> right. Okay, so is that all you're playing? No, I'm going to make I this really brief. I'm going to make this really brief. But I went through my okay. closet recently and I dug out a couple old games that I haven't played in a while, and I found some buried under the skeletons. Yeah, well, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the dead bodies, but that's another story. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I found SimCity 3000, which I grew up with, and I said, I'm going to give this uh-huh. another run. And then about five hours later, I realized I hadn't done anything. <laughs> it, it, it's re- Talk about, you know, speaking of games that are 10 plus years old that hold up well, this game, uh-huh. I've, I've heard that people that have played the most recent SimCity, SimCity 4, end up going back to SimCity 3000 because they like it better. That's what mm-hmm. I've heard. Um, but SimCity 2000 is just it is fantastic, it is addictive I cannot stop um, and just to say something about the composer the music, especially for a game of its time, 10 years old, is absolutely brilliant it's um, you know, done by Jerry Martin this was the first game he developed, uh, he worked on with Maxis, and of course Maxis loved his music so they, now Jerry Martin does every single game that Maxis does now, but uh, to be quite honest with you, I really like this the, the music that he did for this original game a lot better than any of his uh, later stuff that has been in The Sims The Sims 2, you know, SimCity 4 I really just like the, the soundtrack for 
SimCity 3000. It works even independently by itself. Um, you can just listen to it. It's self-contained because there's a lot of recurring motifs that he uses throughout the game. But it's he uh -huh. combines electronic music and jazz, and it's just it works really well. Oh, um, cool. Now they they offer the soundtrack for free online, so I recommend you guys check that out. Uh, just just mm -hmm. look up SimCity 2000 soundtrack. You'll find it right on Maxis's website. But it's hmm. really good. Anyway, that's all I have to say. All right, I just said this a few minutes ago. Uh, Maros, when you were talking about uh, Portal and its mistiness, um, that really kind of rang a bell with me because when you think back to Mist, at least in my case, uh, as you played that game and its successors, it just does something to your head that no other game quite does. And you uh, come to miss uh, that kind of experience, and it was very cool to rediscover that feeling in Portal, uh, this you know strange technology and you've been dropped into this place, and it's up to you to figure out how to progress and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, point taken. It really is a lot like Mist in that regard. All right, Alhan, what are you playing lately? Well, uh, I've been playing basically two or three games exclusively lately. Uh, I've been actually starting up a kind of a internet video review show uh, that's kind of been going around to focus on adventure games. And so I've kind of trudged my way through the travesty that is REM, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was more than a little painful. And once I get that I episode, never played that. See, uh, don't waste your time. Okay. Um, <laughs> it really is that bad. And it, <laughs> basically the big thing that got me was it looks like mist, especially in the quality of its renders only mm -hmm. with a lot less good design. So uh -huh. I was expecting, you know, okay, this is an early mist knockoff early mist clone. Yeah. I, I can mm -hmm. cut a little bit of slack. Then I did the research and saw it came out in 2003, and any respect I had for it was gone. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I've been uh, I've actually been playing uh, uh, League of Legends lately. Uh, a bunch of my friends kind of wrote me into it, and it it's based on the Defense of the Ancients mod for Warcraft 3, The Frozen Throne. And mm -hmm. it's really a lot of fun, kind of a multiplayer. Got, it's got a lot of aspects of real-time strategy, a lot of just kind of general team strategy. I love team strategy games. And it's I'm having a blast with it. As you as you play, you level up. You're able to um, buy abilities to increase your character's powers, and you're able to buy new characters to play as. Um, it does have a cash system. You could buy you can buy things with actual uh, earned with actual you know cold hard cash, but uh, mm -hmm. e everything is fully unlockable also through in-game cash, which you actually rack up pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm. I've been having a blast with that. I think I've gotten up to level seven in the pretty much since I've been home, so in the two and a half, three weeks since I've uh, been home. And, and of course, I'm still playing TF2 way more than I really should be. Um, <laughs> it's Team Fortress. I've been addicted to that game for going on three years now, so I don't think that's going to uh -huh. stop anytime. So that's that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm playing okay. more games than I probably should be doing. <laughs> I personally have had a lot of plates spinning with my games. I've decided to do a couple replaythroughs of games. So I uh, the, the new Fear of 3 coming out in uh, October has kind of inspired me to, to play Fear 2 again. And I have this this problem with, with a lot of games where like I play the sequel and I suddenly don't want to play the original game anymore, even if the original game in some ways is better. Like, I played Bioshock 2. Mm -hmm. It runs smoother on my system than Bioshock 1, and because of the, the gameplay aspect, even though the story isn't as good, I enjoy it more. Fear 2 is in some ways not as visceral as Fear 1, but I still enjoy it more. Um, Mass Effect 2 
is is very different from the first one. And so after you play Mass Effect 2, you go back to Mass Effect 1, you're like, what is this? This, mm-hmm. is, this is taking too much time. I got to go all the way over there? Are you kidding me? You know, and so so that, those are the three that I really have going. And also started playing uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. But my focus of mm-hmm. all of these ones is Mass Effect 2. I just love living in these this futuristic environment. And that's what the game feels like. It feels like you're living there. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of what we look for in games. We look for immersive, enjoyable environments and, you know, engaging stories and believable characters. And Mass Effect, I mean, in the in the second game, when you're stepping out on this one area where you can see up through the hole in the ship, mm-hmm. it's the planet that you're you're somewhat in orbit of, you just kind of take a second and go, this is actually really, really well done. You know, mm-hmm. this is, if you can imagine a really big action movie, or a back, big action sci-fi movie, and this is like living that as a game. Yeah, and that's what I really enjoy about it. Yeah, very um, cool. I mean, I think I think that when we talk about like they say adventure games, you know, uh, there was that story uh, about you know who killed adventure games or what killed adventure games, and the the thing goes on this long explanation. We've talked about this before about how this character has to like get a fake mustache to pretend he's a certain mm. character who doesn't have a mustache you know they say you know i submit for your your evidence that you know adventure games committed suicide <laughs> <laughs> i i would i would submit a counter argument that, that instead of uh, committing suicide or dying they kind of merge with other genres and mm-hmm. that's yeah. why a lot of games like uh, mass effect are, are less of an rpg and more of an, a, a role-playing adventure sure you know Fear 2 is a shooter, but it is also an adventure storyline. Beyond Good and Evil is is a third-person melee combat game with stealth elements, but it is an adventure. You know, mm-hmm. the, I mean, Bioshock, most of the games right? that yeah, yeah, it's all about Bioshock. In all these cases, it's it's a it's an adventure game. It's a story. It's an environment and mm-hmm. something you can immerse yourself in. And that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah, and I think the games that don't offer that kind of stuff, things like Serious Sam or whatever, you know. That's the ones that you know. I I, throw up, I play for a while. I'm like, what is the point? Where is the point? <laughs> the, the environment, the, the visuals are beautiful, and some of the snarky comments are kind of funny. But I just, after all, I was like, I don't feel like I have. There's a point. You know, it's it's just like uh, playing a uh, whack em A lot of folks quit missed for the same reason. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't a lot of developers use the term action adventure now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, kind of so, a fusion. Can I make one quick point? I just realized I forgot something. Just no, very sure. quick. So, um, well, first off, I mean, playing Portal had also led me to just download the whole orange box. Definitely worth it. Half Life Two is great. I'm in the middle of playing it. Besides that, <laughs> one very brief thing. I also picked up recently a game called um, uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. And before you know, say what you want about the Metal Gear series. It's at first it seems like a silly kind of uh, actiony stealth game, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially towards the end, it gets the story ends up getting really twisted, really good, and it the the, the <laughs> philosophical nature of it will strike you and sort of leave you kind of stunned for a while because it mm-hmm. absolutely like it punched me in the gut because I was not expecting an action stealth game to mess with my mind as much as that did. Like that was wonderful. So if anybody hasn't played that game, please go play. It. You're gonna love it. Just trust me. Anyway, I'm done. Cool. Okay. Okay. So let's move on to the the final point here. Uh, today, the today being you know when we record the podcast, now when it's released, uh, we WD, WWDC happened today, and the new iPhone was announced, which you know that that's part partly important, but I think more important is the iOS four, which is the mm-hmm. 
iPhone OS replacement that will be powering the uh, iPad and the iPhone and the new iPhone. Uh, I have I have a few thoughts on the iPhone. Uh, mine are different, you know, I, because of what I'm saving up for my computer upgrade. The new iPhone is going to be a little further out than my two-year contract ending. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just have to say, I'm happy with my iPhone. I don't need a new one. Life is great. <laughs> I have the new Kindle app, and I don't think I need anything more, and I'm, I'm happy. And you will not convince me I'm not happy until I have money to not to be unhappy and have to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was an any interesting other presentation, on? that's for sure. Uh, oh, you watched it? I watched the, uh, the uh, Twit commentary that ran along with it. Twit is this week in tech. Right. Twit. Yeah. TV. yeah. It really was very interesting. There are a lot of uh, of new features in iOS four, uh, as well as in the iPhone four, and uh, one of the. I guess I'll begin with the ending. The uh, one more thing item <laughs> was the uh, the. Uh, video chat feature that is now built in uh, to the iPhone 4. Mm. It has got a it's got camera lenses on the front and on the back. Uh, the um, and the lens on the back that you would usually use, you know, just as a camera is capable, I think as before, of still captures as well as video. It will do, uh, let's see if I can remember this right, 720p High def, and it's also got a built-in flash and a floodlight for when you're doing video in darker environments, which is very cool. But they've there is also a camera lens on the front, which enables you basically to have a video chat tool right there on the palm of your hand. Uh, the current plans are that it will only function with other iPhone fours, but as the numbers grow, you know perhaps that'll actually be useful. <laughs> Speaking of the video capabilities, they are also bundling an iPhone version of. Um, iMovie. And so you'll actually be able to record video and to edit and send all in the one unit. Which I thought was very cool. Uh, you can, as you would with iMovie on the Mac, uh, can, can, can uh, combine any number of clips together, add transitions, add text, titles, what have you, music, and can then you know send that out to friends. But it can all be done on the iPhone 4, which is kind of mm-hmm. a cool capability. It's... Uh... I, I got to say, it is. I mean, I understand completely how this, well, not completely, but, you know, for the most part, how this technology works, and it makes sense. You know, we've had cameras built into the, you know, things for a while, and we've had 3G, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I understand, but it's still just the idea that people can have video chats from their telephone now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Strikes me as being horrifying, even though I completely mm-hmm. understand how it works. I still cannot get over that. I feel like we're in Star Trek now. This is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of concern, I think, was kind of hinted at through the presentation, that uh, there's a bit of angst on the part of AT&T because this is going to clobber them as far as as a demand for bandwidth as people start you know, sending and receiving video streams over their network. And uh, It might be like uh, Skype where you know, initially they only allow that over Wi-Fi. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work. Yeah, so we'll see. Very cool capability. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else. The, there are seven different sensors built into this thing, including a gyroscope. You know, so that's I don't know how that compares with the accelerometers in the previous versions. But well, the accelerometers are only are only one plane of detection. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess the um, 
the uh, gyros can sense. Yeah, because like if you if you say if you, let, you put the iPhone yeah. flat on a table, uh-huh. and you, you move it ninety degrees, it won't change because it's not vertical. Right. So oh, if you I hold it you. vertical, yeah, yeah. So it's only one plane of detection. So mm-hmm. it, that's the, where the gyroscope will allow you to make changes. And I don't know. I didn't see the presentation, so I don't know how useful that is or is not going to be. I intentionally didn't watch the presentation because I'm perfectly happy with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And you didn't want to see anything <laughs> better. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I was kind of jotting down the things as they talked about, but I left my notes at work. So. <laughs> well, well, one of the one of the big things that they mentioned, and uh, if they are able to carry this over to the iPad too, it'll I think completely change things because this was one of the gr- biggest criticisms of the iPad, is that mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, what is it, ISO four was it? I- iOS. 4. iOS four. Right. Huh? I'm sorry. That's dumb of me. iOS four <laughs> is going to contain the ability to multitask finally. Yes, yes. I think that's one that, of the big was, items, and of course I forgot about it. But yes. It's huge, because that, that was everybody was criticizing the iPad for you know being able to do all this stuff, but not being able to do all this stuff at, a same t- at the same time like a computer can, you know. Kind of had a one-track yeah. mind, yeah. Well, I think the reason that the, I mean, the, the determining factor on that particular front is, is because of battery life. They wanted this device to, you know, run constantly, be able to do everything you want for several hours on end. I mean, mm-hmm. Apple's making big strides with their their uh, computers where they they last for hours and hours and hours with those internalized batteries and that has to mm-hmm. do with you know how they've economized their operating system and i think this is the same thing that they're trying with the ipad and but then on the flip side i think you know on some level cer- certain levels multi- multitasking should be available so um that's that's my opinion anyway but i haven't actually played with the ipad i've, I've only seen it so nor have I, and I'd love to go to the Apple Store and play with one. But I know better than oh, to yeah. do that. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, as much as, them, I, yeah. as much as I hate the iPad, you guys uh, you guys know how much <laughs> I was you know, spitting acid when the iPad first came out. Because you know, there were so many things wrong with it, and I still think there are so many things wrong with it. Because it's come so close to being perfect, but it just misses the boat on so many levels. But mm-hmm. you walk in the store... And you see the iPad, and you go, "Oh my God, I love this!" Yeah, <laughs> it's so adorable. It is the perfect size. It is just so cute. Um, it's so it, shiny. It's completely portable, so lightweight, and does mm-hmm. so much stuff. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for things like that. There's no yeah. way I can justify owning one, but boy, it would sure be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I figure that if I if I do really want one, I'll I'll wait until the second generation when yeah, the prices exactly. start coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so because then they'll fix probably fix all the problems that the first one had. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, would... one of my biggest problems with the iPad itself is, I mean, I have a bunch of hardware problems. You know, one being the fact that it doesn't have a built-in camera. That's you know, the mm-hmm. iPhone has that, so there's no reason the iPad shouldn't have that. It's that uh, the um, port is right on the bottom, so when you plug it into the oh yeah, yeah. You know, the big dock that they've made. You mm-hmm. have to have it sitting upright like that, and it yeah. it would look so much cooler to you know to have it sit in the dock and you know more or less mimic the uh, aspect ratio of an actual monitor landscape format basically landscape rather than uh-huh. exactly rather than vertical. So, you know that's just a minor thing, but you know mm-hmm. I, and there have been other companies that have come up with alternatives to that. Um, mm-hmm. Griffin is one. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, I think that they're they're pitching it more as like a as a ebook reader become computer and therefore maintaining yeah. that particular aspect is why they're doing it that's my guess in a way yeah but i mean it, i mean let's say i mean you have you have the ability if you if you had the ability to put it um 
put it landscape, you know, hook it up to a keyboard and, you know, maybe even mm-hmm. look at like a, like a, a Bluetooth mouse, uh, have sure. it work on a Bluetooth mouse. I, people who have jailbroken the iPad have managed to get it to read a mouse. So it's capable mm-hmm. of reading technology. You just need more software for it. Um, but if they were able to, to, to put a mouse, you would basically have what is the equivalent of a, uh, um, netbook, which is really what it's supposed to replace. Uh-huh. And as a netbook, it works well because it has word processing. It has, you know, a PowerPoint equivalent, you know, it has mm-hmm. all that, and it has internet, which is really all you need for a netbook. So, sure. you know, plus you also have the music and video. Which, See, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of on the convert side where I like the idea of the wide, the landscape view on the iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, which, especially when we're doing text messages, like I'll, I'll fumble with the the vertical one mm-hmm. a few for a few letters I'm like okay screw this and flip it on the side get the bigger letters <laughs> the big backspace keys, backspace yeah. backspace yeah. and actually type out the stuff properly <laughs> but like you know why don't we just get the phone to default to that and I thought well then again the phone is designed vertically to actually be held your ear and used as a phone mm-hmm. so then then I see the problem you know so I don't I don't know where the balance can be struck and I guess mm-hmm. you know they just had to draw a line somewhere and that's how that happened yeah I mean the whole well, thing most is most of us who wear bifocals appreciate larger keyboards <laughs> well yeah yeah, yeah. There's a train near somebody's house. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that train a coming. Well, the Great we Central to... Railroad. Oh, yeah, there you go. Make that joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, have we exhausted everything we know about the new iPhone. I think yeah, so. For the most part. It didn't take long, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> no. Well, is there anything else you want to chat about? Nope, we're all set. I'm good yeah. here. It's about that weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's been warm here. It's been in the 80s. That's not common. So spread through about you know three or four different time zones here, talking about the weather. <laughs> there, that makes sense. Uh huh. Well, so is that about it for this one? That should be all. Well, good. Very good. So long to everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the cavern today. It's been a treat to have you. Thank you for being fans. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the downloads. And mm. until next time, this is Mo Wad for the Cavern Today signing off. Have you ever gone to the store and, like, seen something that you already have and for some reason you have this strange compulsion to buy another one? Yes. <laughs> sort of like, hey, guys, did you hear about this? Yeah, it's old, so we're going to move on. I'd love to, but I'd be embarrassed because I'm at home, so. Yeah. Hold on just one second. I'm, I'm going to have to okay. do something to quiet those in the other room. Hold okay. on. Sure. You heard two gunshots. <laughs> 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 they won't be making any noise. That's your cue, dudes. Um, alphabetical, Elon. Um, wait. Okay, just saying my name or what's going on? I'm sorry. Your name. Okay, it's been a while. Just oh, fail. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Elevator music. Meanwhile, while Janathus is reading, who contributed this anyway? I'm gonna have to find out and give them a thorough tongue lashing. Man hammer. I've, I've got a shotgun if you want one. Uh, what what am I saying? Are we doing that or doing iPhone? I think iPhone is last. Okay, cool. (laughs) And we lost all of it. Yay, we win. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Ha ha ha.